What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest, I had an awesome time chatting with. And because you guys are my followers, you guys are my audience, and you most of you guys are very, very familiar and have listened to a lot of the episodes on this podcast, I really, really think you're going to enjoy this guy um, in this conversation I had because he sees eye to eye with me and I see eye to eye with him on damn near everything. We share a lot of the same coaching principles. We do think a lot of the same things in the same way. We share a lot of the same passions and he's just a very, very authentic dude and that's why his company grew so fast and I think you guys are going to relate to that a lot. I think you guys are going to appreciate that a lot and I think you guys are going to take a ton away from this conversation. Today's guest is Mike Dola from Stronger U, and that's Stronger, the letter U, kind of like a university, nutrition, Stronger U Nutrition, and he is the founder and the CEO and obviously the head coach over at Stronger U. Stronger U is, I want to say, and you'll hear this in the podcast, I want to say they're up to 42 employees now, but he started just three years ago with one single client by himself. So as you can see, his passion and his authenticity and his coaching really blew this up because he did not go into any tactics, did not go into any strategies, didn't implement some crazy Facebook advertising or marketing scheme. He just was a real guy doing real coaching and he was very passionate about it and word spread fast. To go from him with one client to 42 employees in three years is insane. So you guys are going to hear more about that. And I think just based on the conversation we had, you were going to really, really see why his stuff blew up so quick. But we talk a lot about nutrition. We talk a lot about his story. Um, We go in depth with nutrition coaching and how it's really meant to be done. And the way it's meant to be done is for us, the coach, the expert, to take this science, these principles, these macronutrient-based strategies, and implement them in a way that's actually sustainable. It's lifestyle-oriented so the client can actually adhere to it. So as you'll see, the way we approach nutrition coaching is very, very similar because at Boom Boom Performance, we believe that behavioral change, habits, uh, lifestyle, your routine, your personal setup, that's the most important thing. And then it's our job to take this science and these strategies and these tactics and then implement them in a way and coach them in a way and communicate them in a way to you so you actually understand it and you can stay adherent and you can get results and keep results for the long term. And that's exactly what they do at Stronger You. So as you can see, I'm a big fan of them. Um, We hit it off. We had a very good conversation. We see eye to eye. So you guys are really, really going to enjoy this conversation. Now, without any further ado, let me get on to the interview with my man, Mike Dola. Basically, man, I, I want to start with how did you get into this in general? Like, what is your, your background as far as why are you running a nutrition coaching business now? Yeah, so my thing is kind of interesting. Like, I didn't go to school for this stuff. Um, I went to school for business, and I was in, like, banking and human resources for years. But this was always kind of a hobby of mine, and I did it really wrong for a long time. And that led me to what I think is right and what actually is what people needed instead of like a lot of the fad stuff and a lot of the the gimmicks and all that stuff. And I fell for all that stuff. And uh, I thought I had a way to help people. So I got certified to do it, uh, just started talking about it. And then people were like, all right, man, I want to do this thing. And it kind of just grew from there. So how how long have you been nutrition coaching then? 
Uh, officially, we we just hit. Well, I say we, but uh, our company just hit three year anniversary. So I started April two thousand fifteen is when I first got my first client. Wow, that's a dude. That's a and you have. Uh, we were talking before I hit record. You said you had forty nine employees in the company now. Uh, there's a forty two person staff right 42. now. Forty two. So in three years, you grew from working with your first client as a solo nutrition coach to a 42 people moving business. That's insane. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of wild, man. I'm, I'm really lucky that I have some good people around me that uh, don't let me mess this up. Because when I started this thing, I just wanted to coach people with food. I didn't know I was going to be like a CEO and making like decisions every day that affected the livelihood of not only our clients, but our, our staff. And that's like, it's, it's very motivating to not make anyone go backwards and work another job that they don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I you know, I kind of want to shift gears now because shit, I wasn't planning on asking you or talking to you about this because from afar, when I looked at your content and I'm just kind of skyping through and just, just reading stuff, I honestly assumed you had been around for a lot longer than three years based on what you guys are doing and and the level and the size of scale you've grown to. What was like the change in the roads? Was there a point where you were just getting overwhelmed with clients and you decided like, Hey, maybe I should hire a coach or did you like quickly decide you wanted to create a company? How did that all kind of multiply and happen? Yeah. So it was, it was actually really interesting because it it just, it all kind of happened because it, it had to, like I was coaching people and I guess I was doing a good enough job where everyone wanted their friends on the program and they were just, they were just telling everyone about it that would listen. And it just got to the point where I was still working full time. And I think in, in the year that I had both jobs, the stronger you and my old job, I had 350 active clients and I just, I was kind of like a little nervous to, to mess it up and, and like reduce my level of service and, and make people unhappy. And I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something here. I need to quit my job, which is literally this Friday coming up on two years. And right after that, I had to hire people because even after quitting my job, I was still overwhelmed and people were still coming in droves to sign up with me. That's an, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things, like it's a good problem to have, but you said 350 yeah, I, I handled 350 and I handled them well. I didn't, uh, I didn't set limits on how much they could talk to me. Um, they, could email, they would email once a week to check in and they could talk to me as often as they wanted to. That's crazy, man. But I think that's like, it's a good self-awareness tool as well because I think a lot of people will just keep pushing the business, keep pushing the business and they will let the service suffer when in reality, that's why we actually get into this at the beginning is because we want to help people and we can't help people if we're right. not giving our most with coaching. And dude, if you think about it, like I could, you know, I could have reduced the service. I could have not hired. I could have overwhelmed myself for, to make more money. And that's, it's not what I wanted. I wanted to think of this thing as like a long game and the, the motivation to just do what I wanted to do every single day was there. And I knew I had to make the moves to make that happen. hundred percent. Um, so what do you think was the biggest thing that kept bringing people to you? Was it simply just, you were just crushing it and people were really just telling that many people or was there any, um, component of like 
content or ads or anything like that? Because I get a lot of trainers and, and coaches that listen to this and they always want to know like, what is the hack to lead generation? And to me, it's always like, yes, you should be putting out free content like a madman, but you should also just be killing it at your job and be patient. So what is your advice and what did you do to have people filing in so crazy? So we, we did everything backwards. And like, when I look back <laughs> at it, I was like, man, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do this? I'm stupid that we didn't do that. But all we did was put out a really good product that worked and gave a crap about our clients and, and provided a service that was like nothing they've ever had before. And it wasn't, and like, it's weird because it wasn't anything crazy or special. It was like, give a good product by knowing a lot about nutrition and people and give it to the, give them the service that they deserve. And that was really all it was. I love that dude. Keep it simple. What, so let's get into that service. Actually, let's like, what is the philosophy or the strategy or, or how do you approach coaching? Like, what do you guys, cause I'm assuming if you have that many coaches with you, you guys probably all share the same approach. So what is that approach? How do you guys go about it? Yeah. So we, it, it's funny you ask that because we had um, someone recently, we, uh, we work with like a lot of gyms and they'll send their members to us and they're like, how do you guys all like believe the same philosophy? And I'm like, well, we're all using nutritional science. So it's not like a certain, uh, certain belief. It's like what is actually real and what's like evidence-based mixed with like what people can do. So we, we make sure we give people the right science in terms of nutrition. We make sure that we are giving them what they can do versus what we just think they should do. So it's kind of a balancing act and we have to, you know, we, uh, we have training calls and things like that. And we talk to our coaches and we, make sure everyone is on par and certified with the right bodies. And so it's easy to kind of uh, groom the right people and find the right people in this space. Since we all have so many, you know, it's the, the fitness professional network is, it's a very tight knit group. So we're very lucky that there are so many good coaches out there. So one thing, like you were just talking about science-based, but you, it sounds like you take a more gradual or just applicable approach, I should say, because there's a ton of science out there that you'll see the natural bodybuilding crowd, for example, use. And it's great, but Steve down the street who just works a normal job and just wants to shed a few pounds probably can't apply that consistently. So how do you bridge that gap? I'm huge on this. And this is kind of what I focus on more than anything with my business. But how do you make sure that all your coaches and yourself are bridging the gap and applying these science-based strategies to clients? So we try to, we start with like what should happen, right? But then we ask questions and we talk to our clients and we get to know them and we find out that they can't do those things. And then we kind of, you know, you, you meet in the middle somewhere. So where someone maybe should have like a post-workout shake of, you know, quick digesting carbs and protein, maybe they don't want to do that because they don't have a ton of food to eat and they'd rather not drink it because it's going to make them hungry later. So those are things we have to look out for. And that's just kind of comes with experience and just conversation with people. I love that dude, because I think a lot of people get stuck in one side or the other. They try to ignore the science or they're just all science and they forget about the experience side of things. Yeah. And I would, I would love it if, you know, if it was that easy to just follow exactly what like, the science literature said, everyone would do well. But as you know, as a coach, it's, it's not that simple. And what you think is going to happen is very rarely what actually is going to happen when you start coaching someone. Yeah. So you guys implement a lot of macros, correct? Yeah. We use a macro based approach. 
is that how you approach all of your clients? Like, how do you, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys get the people that fight back. They, it's, it's quote unquote tedious to track in their app. They don't want to look at macros. How do you go about either a navigating around that to use something else or B shifting those people to accepting that this might work and get them to get on board with it? Yeah. That's always like, that's always like the million dollar question. Like how do you get <laughs> they don't really want to do? And it's up to us to show them like why we have them do this and, and why uh, this is probably going to work better than what they've done. Because uh, most of our clients are, are not coming to us from just, you know, eating bags of Doritos and going to McDonald's every day. That's, that's not what many people are doing. And most people are eating relatively mindful. You know, they're eating clean, quote unquote clean. Um, but the difference is they have to, they have to monitor how much they're, they're consuming, just like budgeting money. Right. And it's up to us to kind of talk to them about that and just say, Hey, this is no different than budgeting money. You can't just get your paycheck and start buying everything and hope you have bills for, you know, your car payment next week. You have to account for this stuff and food is no different. And we understand it's kind of, kind of a pain in the butt at first, but after a while you'll, you'll see how it works for you. Uh, it, it is very flexible and, you know, um, it's like a flexible dieting approach, but you can even get flexible within the flexibility of it. And there are things we can do. Like if someone doesn't want to track all three macros and maybe we'll just have them do calories and protein or something like that. So we can work around what people are willing to do, but we are going to have them track in some sense. Um, there are a few cases where, where we're just like, all right, you're not going to track, you're going to do these things. And um, it's like a case by case basis. But for the most part, we have to just get them on board and, and explain it in the right way. I think that's the big key right there at the last part you just said is uh, explaining it. I find that if you can educate your clients a little bit, they're going to be more adherent because if we are just telling them, look, this is the way, just do it. You signed up, let's go. <laughs> they're going to be yeah, really stubborn of following it, right? Like educating your clients on, on why they're doing this is probably going to allow them to be more consistent. Exactly right. And we're huge on the education part. We, uh, we just hired someone. Um, her name's Jessica. She was a PhD professor at, um, University of Scranton. She's going to be our uh, director of nutritional education, who's pretty much here to make sure our consistency with coaching is all together. Our resources for clients is there because um, we don't want to just be order givers and say, hey, guys, go do this. We want our clients to understand what they're doing, because when they leave us, we don't want them to be a statistic and gain weight back or go to some other process. And it's not that we want to like own the dieting space and say nothing else works. We know other things do work, but if you do this style of eating for a while, you're not going to need anything again in your life. I love that, dude. I think that a big part of coaching, and it sounds like you guys do this, so I'd love to hear your take on it, is, is more on the mindset side and the communication side than just the macro prescription, right? Like how often do you find that your clients stay with you guys for much longer and are much more successful because you do make yourself available and you actually talk to them about non-nutrition related things? It's, it's like a joke amongst like all the, all the coaches that like what we do is so far outside of nutrition and we don't, you know, we don't pretend we're therapists or anything like that, but we do kind of, you know, it's like, we're, we're many different things. We're friends, we're coaches, like we're motivators and just getting someone like 
letting them know we believe in them and that they can do this is huge for them. It's, it's so much more than just numbers. If it was, these calculators out there would actually work. And as you know, the, the success of a, a macro tracking calculator versus an actual human, it's, it's not even comparable. No, not at all. So this is actually, this is actually a great segue because I pulled this off your, your Facebook and I really liked this. It was a quote that you guys wrote up and it was, nutrition coaching is rarely coaching actual nutrition. It's typically about coaching behaviors. So what are some strategies or what are some big things that you implement into your coaching that are going to help these people build these habits so they become more successful with the nutrition side? The, the coolest thing about tracking, I think, is it, it makes people really think about what they're doing. And traditionally, like, for example, people at breakfast just blow through fat grams, eggs, butter, bacon, sausage, peanut butter, you name it. It's, it's going right at the first meal of the day. What this is going to do is people are going to start tracking and they're going to start realizing and visualizing and, and have data that, wow, I need to change the way I think about breakfast. Or when they go out to eat, wow, I can't get the pasta that's all you know full of fat and carbs because I used a bunch of carbs earlier. So they start developing these habits around food and, and even like planning. It's kind of crazy. We have so many people that tell us you know, something that they've, they've improved just because they changed their food. Like they look at the world through a different lens now. I, I think it's funny, like, and I'm sure you guys share this too, is like I'll have some clients where – I'll even just, they'll be stuck and I'll be like, Hey, have you been planning out your macros in your app? Like the day before? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, let's just add that habit for now. Before we tweak anything, before we change your macros, let's just try to plan your food out the night before. And then within the next few weeks, they're dropping pounds again. They're seeing crazy success. Oh, there's, there's all kinds of tricks. And there's um, like, there's three types of eaters, right? There's the the planners, the scavengers, and then the people that shoot from the hip and just kind of eat and then log. And the planners will always do better. And myself, I'm kind of like a, I'm kind of like a planner slash scavenger. I'll plan most things out. I'll have food cooked, but I'll just piece it together. And that kind of, that came after years of doing this. So if somebody can plan and their numbers are being met, it's just the consistency is like magic. It, things just start happening. Yeah. And I think, I think all that is just self-awareness, right? Like you said, you've been doing this for years, so it's probably easier for you to be that scavenger type. And I think, just tracking in general and these habits, it, you're really just targeting self-awareness. That's it, man. And, and when people get used to planning, even as silly as it sounds, like when they plan food, they start planning like their life and, and they budget money and they plan like their events with their friends and their family better and, and their job gets better. It's, dude, it's crazy. It's nuts to see what happens. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. So speaking on self-awareness, do you guys track any other form or any other metrics period besides nutrition? Um, Because one thing that I love to do with my clients is is actually tackle performance, recovery, stress, Mm -hmm. mood, cravings, things like that. Because when we talk about self-awareness, it's like, hey, the scale's not budging, but you look better, feel better, you're less stressed, you sleep better, so on and so forth. Is that something you guys target as well? Yeah, we're huge on tracking sleep. Um, we look at stress, we look at performance. Um, we do have an app under development now that's going to get into that stuff a little deeper to give us like a lot more metrics. Um, but right now I think sleep is probably the biggest thing other than like measurements and stuff that we really, really look at. 
So what is a convincing point to get people to sleep more then? Because it, like, I, it's obvious to me that, that we need sleep to perform better and to lose weight. But I think that's one of those things where it's the last thing that people will actually buy into or actually commit to doing. So what is your reasoning and like, why is it so important? Dude, I'm, I'm going to get pretty deep right now. So to me, like I have this, this way of thinking, like nothing is just one decision. Every single decision we make is like a 10 part event. And sleep is one of these big things. Sleep is like, if you're under, under like stress and you're not sleep, sleeping very well, it affects everything. So the person that's overtired is not going to plan their day. They're probably not going to hit their macros. They're not going to eat well. They're going to make excuses why they should drink some wine, have a beer, go out to eat, etc. They're also not going to recover well. So they're not going to want to go work out. So this thing, it's like this slippery slope that if you just got to bed a little bit earlier, or if your quality of sleep was a little better, you'd probably be more, more likely to plan your workout would be better. Your recovery would be better. Your results are going to be better. Your, your hormone profile is going to improve. Like all this stuff is because of the way you sleep. And if you can just get to bed a little early and even say like an hour early every night, you essentially add an hour or I'm sorry, a whole nother day of sleep onto your week. If you add one more hour per night and that makes people think like, wow, I got to get the hell out of bed, you know? Damn. I have never, (laughs) (laughs) I have never thought about it like that. Like the one hour a day leading to a week or uh, yeah, that's insane. Like at the end of the week, getting a full day, that's dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's dude, all it is, is just, just go to bed. I, and I know like, I get it. I get it. I don't have kids. A lot of our clients have kids. A lot of our coaches have kids. So if those coaches are telling everyone like get to bed, I know how it is it kind of like hits them a little harder because they know the mom can tell them that. But you know, the 35 year old dude with no kids, like I can get to bed at nine 30 if I wanted. Well, you know what, dude, like I, I will argue that because I just became a father. So I just had my daughter 11 weeks ago and, and everybody was telling me like, dude, you're screwed. You're not going to sleep. You're going to be stressed. And you know what we did is like, I mean, one thing that helped me is I have studied sleep. So I understand the detriments, but you know, we usually went to bed at 10. Well, okay, let's go up. We literally go upstairs and go to bed at 8 p.m. And we don't get right to bed because we got to put her to sleep and stuff. But I'm not losing much sleep because of that, right? There's the few nights where she has her episodes. But I think it's just like you said, like it, it comes down to just self-discipline and just saying like, okay, do you really want this? Well, then just get upstairs a little bit early. I think there's always, there's always something we can do a little bit better. You might not get that hour extra of sleep but maybe you get 30 more minutes and that's still half a night at the end of the week, you know? Yeah. I love that. So besides sleep, what is the biggest, like what is the first or second like big habit that you try to instill with people? Maybe the most common thing you see, cause obviously sleep is pretty common. What is another thing that you see people doing a lot that's holding them back that you try to steer them out of when you start working with them? I think a lot of people, uh, probably two things, eating out and drinking. Um, and we're going to do it. I do it. But if I can get people to look at it a little differently, um, I'm going to be a happy man because an alcohol is kind of like sleep where it's not just the drink, like the lack of sleep. It's what happens when you drink. So you don't care about your diet anymore. You're usually drinking around food that isn't very quote unquote diet friendly. Um, 
your recovery's messed up, your sleep is messed up. So the drinking can really, really affect people's progress. And once they reduce that, we just kind of see some magic stuff happen. I love that, dude. I think it is. It's really that simple, but it, it's, it's tough to cut out at first. So people just got to get with it. It is. Yeah. So, right. Cause we're, we're asking people to be different people. It's like, Hey, you know, I know you've done this for 30 years. Every Friday night you went out for drinks, but, um, you want results. So you got to change that. So, so what's your argument with fitting it into your macros? Because I think there's a, I think there is a time and place, right? Like anything in excessive, even if you fit in your macros, it's not going to be good, but do you allow that to an extent with clients as well? Yeah. So we're, we're straight up with them. In our first email set up to them, we say, Hey, if you're going to drink, your progress will be slower, but here's how to do it. And I kind of thought of my own way to do it. And I know a lot of people do it a certain way. Like they try to figure out the calories and the macros and all that. I tell people straight up for every drink you have, log an additional 10 grams of fat and 10 grams of carbs above what that drink has. So something like vodka would just be like a 10 and 10 hit because it doesn't have the carbs or the uh, fat in it. But, you know, something like a, a drink with like Kahlua and cream and stuff like that, that stuff can really hit people. So if they add those macros on top of what's already in it, it can kind of offset some of the damage. And we do that just, just to kind of deter people from drinking too much. Because if you have five drinks, you're taking a 50 gram hit on your fat. That's for some women, that's more than they get in a day for a bigger dude. Like that's, so what are you going to do? Eat 40 grams of fat? Like that's, that's tough. So it does help people reduce it. I love that, man. That's actually a really good theory. Um, I've never, I've never heard that. And I think it'll, like you said, I just, nobody wants to just drink all their calories. So when you have to plan ahead and you start entering these calories in, you're probably going to think twice about not only drinking, but maybe at least maybe you do go for that vodka drink now because you realize that. Right. Or maybe you have, you just have one or two when you used to have like three or four. So if we can, we can reduce something, then, then we're good. And it's, as you know, it's not even about the macros. It's about when you come to us, we want you to do something better that you were doing than you were doing before. And if that means reducing your, a few drinks, then we're, we're going to win, man. This is all we need. So when someone does approach you guys, do you tend to take a more slow, gradual fat loss approach? Or do you guys like to take an aggressive approach at the beginning? Um, or if it's individual and it depends, like where does that vary? Yeah, so that, that definitely is a, a kind of it depends question. Um, let's say, for example, someone is super, super overweight and, you know, they don't want to lose like half a pound a week because – that's just not going to keep them motivated. So we might go a little more aggressive on someone like that. Um, if someone's like more performance based, but they still want to lose weight, we might gradually reduce them. So it really depends on the person, uh, their goals, their lifestyle. And we try to figure out the perfect mix for the person. Um, and it can even go, you know, we can start fast and slow it up. We could go slow, speed it up based on, you know, if there's vacations coming up and they want to get a little leaner or they have, you know, a race coming. So it's such a dynamic program where we just, we tailor it completely to the person. How long do people usually stay with you guys? Cause I think one thing that stands out with that and with what I'm going to ask you here in a sec is just the longevity side of things is things change, right? Not only with our goals, but with our lives. And because of that, I think 
nutrition shouldn't be like, I'm going to hire this coach for three months and try to get the best results possible. But to me, it should be six, seven, eight a year. Like how do, like, how long do people usually stay with you and why do you think they stay with you that long? Yeah. So we're, we're big on long-term. So we do, we do 12 week blocks, six months or one year. So right up front, they pick how long they want to go. Um, I don't have the exact stats with me, but it was like 75 to 85% of people that do 12 weeks sign up for at least another 12 weeks. So I think most people stay with us because they truly are seeing that like lifestyle change as cliche as that is in this industry. Um, they're changing who they are and they're, they're changing their outlook on food and they're realizing like, this is not a diet. This is just how I should eat and the accountability I get and the coaching and the, uh, objective data that my coach reviews is it's worth the price we charge for them to stay in line and keep progressing. I love that dude. And and this actually, this is perfect because something I saw and I don't know if it was on, actually it might've been on your blog, but it said diet mode versus lifestyle mode. And I really, really enjoyed that because from, from the outside, it kind of looks like you almost got to like earn the lifestyle side of things. So can you explain your, your ideology on that? Like, what do you mean by diet mode versus lifestyle mode? Yeah, I, I love this. Like I'm like big on analogy. So I always try to think of like things that can relate to people. Um, so diet mode and lifestyle mode. Diet mode is like when you have like a hard goal, like you have uh, an event coming up, you definitely just want to lose 20 pounds and, and maintain after that. Or, um, you know, it's for health reasons. Like you have to lose 50 pounds or you're, you know, you're risking your life that's where you really need to be strict with things. You can't really drink that much. You probably shouldn't eat out all that much. You should eat like the better quality foods. You shouldn't get too adventurous. It's, it's where you're really dialed in and lifestyle mode is kind of like where you cruise a little bit. You use the, uh, you use the habits and, and you're still tracking and things like that, but maybe you're a little looser. Maybe you're eating out. Maybe you're reintroducing some drinks here and there. Um, it's just kind of like, a slightly downgraded version of diet mode. You're still paying attention, but you don't have to pay as close attention. And that's where like, we want everyone to get, we want people to hit their goals and we want them to, to get there as quickly as possible in a healthy way. You know, we're not going to rush anything, but we want to get them there. And then we want them to just cruise and live the life of, you know, being aware of what you're eating, but not letting it really just be what your life is. If that makes sense. Absolutely. What, what do you think it takes to get somebody to a point where they can shift over to that point? And how do you shift them over? Because I know a lot of people get scared when they finally hit their goal. And I think this is what causes under eating situations and people on these chronically low deficit diets is whether it's a, a bikini show or whatever, they finally get to this result. And then they're scared to add any more calories to their diet because they don't want to lose the result they got. So like, how do you go about shifting into that lifestyle mode? So that's like the hardest part for people because we, you know, it's, they're, they're getting this tangible result. Like every week they're seeing, they're seeing the improvements on the scale, the measurements, the mirror, the gym, everything. And then we're like, all right, you're at the, you're done with the deficit. Let's go, let's go maintain for a little bit. We're going to crank you up. We're going to give you more food. You're going to maybe gain a little bit of weight because glycogen is going to be coming back water weights coming when we introduce more carbs. Um, and we just, we, it's up to us to really make them aware that we're not going to let you go backwards. We see things every single day 
on, or on a weekly basis, every single day, what you do. So you just have to trust this whole thing. And, and I hate saying like, trust the process. I, I hate that line, but trust the people that you've seen go through it. You shouldn't even trust what I say. Trust all the other people that have done it. The people that ate a little bit more and essentially graduated to the next level where they can eat more and maintain that body. And it's kind of crazy because we do ask people to work just as hard for no tangible benefit. But it's, again, it's like um, like your job. Someone has a job and the, the goal is keep working hard so you keep that job. And that's what we want people to do. We tell them, you, you work hard in maintenance so you never go backwards again. I love that, dude. And it's funny because that's actually one of the next things I was going to ask you about is something else I saw. And it was the whole maintenance phase thing that you wrote about. And I think that's so huge. And I, I don't think, like, I think training periodization, and I don't know how in depth with the training world you are, but I got to imagine you are somewhat because you're in the nutrition field. But training periodization is a big deal. Like everybody talks about that. And with strength athletes and stuff, everybody knows about it. But nobody really talks about nutritional periodization. And to me, one of the biggest components of that is implementing these maintenance phases into your diet. So you can actually move forward longevity wise and not have negative repercussions or, or issues with hormones, nervous system, all these different things. So can you explain the maintenance phase and like kind of the what, why, when, and for who? Yeah. So maintenance, like a lot of people ask, first of all, they're like, how do I know when I'm ready for maintenance? And that's kind of a tough question to answer because uh, it depends like physiologically and psychologically. Some people are just so exhausted from dieting and being in a deficit that they're ready to just eat more and chill out for a bit, even if it means their, their fat loss is on hold. Um, some people like just too, if you're too long in a deficit, then like you said, it, it can mess with your hormones and all that stuff. So you do want to bring them up as well. So when to go to maintenance kind of depends. Like it could be a leanness. It could be your mood. It could be uh, hormones. But once you go into maintenance, you're going to expect like to gain some weight, um, your performance may start increasing as well. Um, what was the other part of the question? I'm so sorry. Cody. I, I guess basically, I mean, you already covered for who. Um, I, I guess I would, and why. I would ask like, when? How do you, like, and in the sense of like how often, I guess I should say, like, do you guys have a, some kind of strategy as far as like, you know, we're going to push you for 12 weeks, then we're going to almost take like a diet break or a deload or, or you need a maintenance phase typically after 20 weeks of this. I just kind of want to know your philosophy and strategies on how you implement these things. Yeah. So that's, that's another one of those uh, depends on the person type thing. Um, typically we probably, we probably won't go too long in a deficit um, 12, 16, 20 weeks, maybe. But um, even in, in one of those longer deficits, there's some periods in there where the person probably brings himself up to maintenance accidentally. Uh, so we're not like too worried that we're going too long. But we probably don't want to go too long, too much longer after that. And we'll just talk to the, the clients or the members and just be like, hey, we need to just take a break for a little bit. I don't want to stress you out. I think it's good for you to break and eat a little bit more and just enjoy and basically flip the switch to lifestyle mode for a couple of weeks. And then we can cruise back down. I love that, dude. I think that's a perfect way to approach it. What is the most common issues that you see with the average new client, right? The person that is just the average Joe that is just stuck. They've tried everything. They just want to come in and just finally lose weight. They come to you. What are the biggest mistakes they're making that's holding them back? I, I think not. 
not being ready to really change things. And a lot of people, they, they want to change, but they don't realize how much work it really is. And when you look around, like you go out in the public and, and you're just aware of everyone, there's very few people who are in really good shape because it's so much work. And it's usually easier than people expect, but it does take a lot of effort. And we're all really busy people with jobs and families and hobbies and all this stuff. So adding someone to add another thing in that they have to micromanage is probably the most difficult. And if we could make them simplify it, then, then they're going to do great. And I think the biggest thing that they do is they, at first they try to make too many really complicated food concoctions and they really should just almost like bro it up a little bit and have like the chicken and the broccoli and the rice and stuff like that instead of all those complicated things that are hard to track. A hundred percent agree with that. So what would be your stance on cardio then? That's something I wanted to pick your brain on. And obviously I, I see at least it, it may not be obvious to everybody, but I see a lot of people going for that's like the one thing they want to add in right away. It's like, Oh, okay. It's time to lose weight. Let's add in some cardio. And that in itself is such a big habit to consistently adhere to just because of time, let alone like effectiveness and then like your body adapting and having to change it. So where do you guys stand on cardio? So I actually wrote something on this uh, probably a couple months ago, um, basically like my stance on cardio. And the way I look at it, it's like, what's the reason you want to do cardio? Is it to burn calories to just get a larger deficit? If that's it, then you really have to think of like the time commitment and the risk reward of what that time is. Because like right now, when we're doing this talk, we're burning calories. I'm moving over here. I'm moving my hands. I'm playing with a stress ball. I'm burning calories. So if I were to get up and go run for a half hour, my net benefit to the extra calories burned isn't all that much. Say I burned 300 versus 150 sitting here talking to you. It caught, it only made me another 150 calorie deficit. So when people go and like kill themselves with cardio just to lose fat, I don't know if that's the way to do it because I don't think many people are going to sustain that. You could just pull back your food a little bit and be in the same spot. I do like cardio for recovery purposes and, and uh, heart health and things like that. But as like specifically just to burn calories, I don't think it's always necessary but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell someone not to do it if they do like to do it and they can sustain that. So, do you feel like everything we've been talking about just kind of boils down to adherence more than anything? Hundred percent. And like I said before, the macros are like a target. So, if someone is just close and making the right decisions most of the time, they're gonna do awesome. And the hardest thing for us as humans is to like is to see is to be self aware of our own decisions. And what we actually do versus what we do in terms of dieting is so many times it's so far off. So when we can get people to track and actually look at what's happening, like consistently, it's crazy what happens. And they're like, wow, this thing is magic. And I'm like, no, it's like, thank you for calling us magicians, but we're just getting you to do something that you never did before. I think the funny thing about it is, the things they need to do and the things that we want them to do so bad are, are not sexy, right? Like we need to find a simple plan that you can adhere to with very little habits implemented in so you can actually do it. Like that is not what somebody's fired up <laughs> to lose weight wants to hear. Right. Like, like I joke, I'm like, someone's like, 
Mike, you got to write a book. And I'm like, okay, what do I write? Be in a caloric deficit and lose fat. Like that's not going to fly off the shelves. If I go to Barnes and Noble right now, or I go to Amazon and look up fat loss books, the stuff that's out there, it's, it's made to get you excited. You're going to see it. You're like, wow, all I have to do is like eat two meals a day and I could lose all kinds of fat. Well, yeah, that's a strategy, but why does it work? It puts you in a deficit. And we know people need to move more and eat less, but how do we get them to do that? That's, that's the key here for all of us, all coaches, all potential you know, clients. How do you get someone to do the basic thing to lose weight? I love that, dude. It's so true. So I want to I shift gears just a little bit and talk a little bit about you. You have a big company. Um, it's growing fast. I'd be interested, like, what's, what's the motive, man? Like, what is behind your moves and what is firing you up to just keep pushing and keep growing and keep doing more? Dude, it's like, it's crazy because this was never supposed to be a business. All I ever wanted to do and all I did for like the last 15 years, like online was like, talk to people about this stuff. And like, when I know something, I want others to know it too. And if it can help their lives and make them better, that's my motivation. And after that, like I became a coach and I saw that. And then we grew to the point where I could give this job to other people. Dude, it's like, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. It's like every day I wake up and I'm like, how the hell is this happening? It's nuts. That's literally like the words came out of my mouth, man. I feel the exact same. Um, have you ever read The Go-Giver? Oh, dude, I, I finished the audio book two days ago. No that's shit. Like, I, I love that stuff. Yep. Dude, that was one of the first books my mentor seven years ago ever gave me when I first started really getting into this stuff. And I've, I've gifted that book so many times. It's so powerful. Dude, that's, it's funny because we, we don't spend money on ads. What we do is we take care of our clients. We've given vacations away, rowers. We have a contest right now where we're going to give $3,000 away to someone. Um, we give t-shirts, gift cards, everything you can think of just to get like the community built up in our group. And, and like, that's like, it's not even to get clients. It's like, I'm just going to take care of you guys because you've taken care of us. I love that, man. That's so, so huge. So uh, before we wrap this up, I have one last final personality question, but before we get to that, where can everybody find all of your information? You put out a ton of free content, obviously, you love to give so people can go absorb all the knowledge from you. Where can people find all your work? Yeah. So we have our, our website, strongeru.com and the U is just the letter U. Um, you could follow me on Facebook. Uh, Mike Dola is my name on there. Our Instagram handle for stronger U is, is also just at stronger U. Um, but that's where I'll be most of the time. I, I spend a lot of time on Facebook, just interacting with people. Love it, man. So the personality question here, here is the situation for you. You're at a dinner <laughs> okay. table, you're at a dinner table and you have three empty chairs in front of you and you can pick anyone to be at those chairs with you to eat dinner, but they cannot be friends or family who is at that table and they can be oh. alive or dead. Anybody. All right. Uh, Michael Jordan. Cause I love him. He's, he's an awesome dude. Um, love it. Probably Mark Zuckerberg, just so I can thank him for creating Facebook and making this all possible. Um, <laughs> and the last one, holy crap, who would it be? Um, man, 
maybe Abraham Lincoln, just that his whole story and everything he's done is so interesting. Just to talk to those guys would be amazing. I love that, dude. That'd be an interesting table. That's a hard question, man. It is a hard <laughs> question. You know what's funny is on my last <laughs> podcast, uh, <laughs> I was with uh, this my buddy Sean. He's the Active Life RX guy, and he he was like, this is going to sound really messed up, and like right away knew his answer, and he goes, Adolf Hitler is my number one. And just to let you know, I'm a Jewish guy from New York, and I was like, wow, that's a, that's a ballsy choice right out the gate. Yeah. He wants to confront him or something. <laughs> well, his whole thing was like that guy led and he convinced people so deeply to believe in something so stupid. I want to know how he led people. And I was like, okay, like that's a good philosophy behind it. Yeah, dude, that's, it's very interesting for sure. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. I know the coaches listening are going to take a ton away of just how to be a better coach and how that can do wonders for their business. So dude, thank you again. Thanks, man. This, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I love this. This is so cool. Thank you for having me on this. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's gonna teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.